Welcome to the midweek Mission Ridge podcast known as Footnotes. Footnotes is here to give you some of the stuff that we didn't have time to cover in the sermon and encourage you to dig in deeper as you study the text. So let's dive in and check out what's in the footnotes. Welcome to another episode of Footnotes. Glad to have you with us today on the podcast. Rob Croyle. Good afternoon. Jennifer Bartlett. Hello. And myself, Logan. Coming at you with the last week of Sabbath. No more Sabbath after this. Logan's None. giddy with excitement. It's done. Until next year. Fine. It is finished. <laughs> Never has to do it again, right, Logan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's how this works, actually. No, it's not. <laughs> is it? Darn. All right. Well. Nope. nope. We can at least be done talking about it for a while until somebody's like, hey, Logan, how's Sabbath going? And I'll be like, <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> leave me alone and let me work. It's fine. <clears throat> It's fine. We're all fine. Oh, we weren't going to talk about shortcomings today, so we don't have to talk about your Sabbath. Ooh, snap. Or my Sabbath, for for that matter. (laughs) Pulling all of us under the bus today. It's fine. (laughs) Beautifully incomplete. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Well, then, no shortcomings. So we'll just dive straight in to um, talking about time budgeting. Uh, yeah, so... Well, Such I, a fun time. <laughs> oh, time budgeting. What a... Man, what a snooze fest this episode's going to be. Grab yourself uh, Sit Excel down with your popcorn. Here we go. We're talking Excel spreadsheets. Mm, no, no. color coding and all color that kind of stuff. Coding. So much fun in Rob's world. Absolutely. Um, so in the sermon, I had a video where we talked about combining things together and blending them. And then the other thing that I that I added into the sermon was uh, a, a picture of my schedule, the calendar for the week. Yeah. Um, it was really pretty. It was really pretty. Uh, showed a lot of restraint there uh, to not make it look better on my own part. <laughs> well... To, well, okay, I, I did cut out a couple of things. So you, you do know that... In the military world, we talk about that no plan survives first contact with the enemy. Yep. <laughs> and the enemy is us. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, that is uh, that is pretty much how that went. Um, and some of those are added in. What I do with my calendar, my calendar is a little strange. I start off with a plan, and then I add in, I'll, I'll add stuff in um, after it's happened just to keep track of where... So I can look back and be like, oh, yeah, I was doing that. Hmm. Um, kind of like I a budget versus actual. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. it's, yeah it is a, it's a budget versus actual. I meant to spend um, this much, but I actually spent this much. Exactly. And therefore, going forward, I either need to change my priorities or change, exactly. my, change my budget, right? Yep, yep. So, so that, that was part of that. Um, the other calendar, though, that I, I use and I work off of is, is what I, I call my rule of life. Um, which I got out of old Pete Scazzaro's book, mm-hmm. <clears throat> good old Pete. And this was actually where I came to you and started wrestling with what do I delight in, like we talked about right. a couple weeks ago, yeah. Um, and where I sucked you into the emotionally healthy leader book and all of the horribleness that has ensued since then. God love you. Um, I am <laughs> so sorry. I had no idea what I was doing. I had Changing no idea that everyone would now be reading this book and wrecking their lives for the better. Why do we have to be emotionally healthy? I don't get that. 
I don't wanna. I don't wanna be healthy. Because we've all been around the emotionally unhealthy people. We're like, ooh. Oh yeah, yeah. The emotionally unhealthy. I don't want that. <laughs> all right. Is the uh, most unattractive thing ever. Mm-hmm. Okay, we've all been around that, and we. So I've seen emotionally unhealthy leaders, and I say to myself, no, I don't want to be that. This is not my beautiful house. This is not my beautiful wife. You know, etc. Uh, insert talking <laughs> heads. But we see Dare that, burns. and we don't want to do that. But I think a lot of times we also don't want to put in the work to right. not become that. Right. And right. so we're like, well, I just won't become that. But if I don't do the work to not become that, spoiler alert, I become exactly what I don't want to be. Huh. It's in like our actions, fulfilling prophecy. The way we respond that out of here <laughs> is caught more often than taught. I, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you know, in the moment. We're going to revert back to whatever it is that we've seen. I mean, yeah, parents <coughs> shake their heads at how many times they had said, I'm never going to do that. <laughs> and they do exactly that. And, and then they become their parents. And so we're actually, as a staff and with our elders, uh, looking the tool ourselves to respond in, in emotionally healthy ways because it's, it's important. Yep. yep. And it's not it's not through a a lack of well I just won't do that it's not through a lack of action that actually brings about change it's through um, replacing it with positive action mm-hmm. absolutely it's the kind of the same thing you don't accidentally Sabbath right Sabbath takes work you don't That's accidentally true. lose weight or get an exercise routine yeah well okay <laughs> accidentally at the gym four I times used a to, week you know, in, in in college. Up until about the last semester or two, I would accidentally lose weight every semester. Well, congratulations um, for you. Well, that's because you forget to eat. That I was forgetting to eat, and I was just doing too much. Finals week, I would usually drop about five pounds. Um, probably wasn't healthy, but uh, so on the bell curve, you are definitely out on the edge. Yeah, no, that's not the norm. <laughs> that's not the norm, and somehow it's caught. It's caught up to me. Because uh, now I don't accidentally like maybe that's just my life now is finals week, but I don't <laughs> accidentally lose weight anymore. Oh, no. I miss it. <laughs> I miss it. I've been in finals week for so long. <laughs> <laughs> my body's acclimated to the. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of being a this is the new a norm. one semester treat, it's uh, now every all the time, and my <laughs> body's like, all right, this is just what we're okay. So if not, we die. This is who we are now. <laughs> this is who we are now. Oh no. <laughs> so so what was the one thing that you thought <clears throat> like chores or what, what what piece did you think how do I move that so like actually Sabbath what was the one that like scared you the most or concerned you the most um that's a tough uh, th- that's a good question so I I started off by he in the book he he calls this thing this rule of life and he gives these four quadrants Mm. And so you break up everything within your life into these four quadrants, essentially. Um, and they all center around love of God. Okay? So right. And it's important that we center it around love of God. Everything flows out of that then. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything stays focused. If you don't hang everything directly onto that, then it's easier to get pulled off into... Uh, I, I'm just going to call it false idol. Um that you're, I'm now, because I, I, maybe I make work a false idol. If I'm not doing my work out of the love of God, 
love for God, gotcha. then I'm now going to maybe idolize work or I'm going to idolize money or something. Uh, all but, of those things but it's, could but it's totally... But it's got to be in balance with the other It's got to be in balance with everything else. Right. And if we make love of God that hinge point at the center, mm-hmm. uh, if, if we fix everything to that point, then that gives us a, a much more solid place to work uh, to start with. And if that's our motivation for working, like if we're... If, if we're inclined towards being workaholics. Yep. And we're, which is typically out of this desire to what, uh, um, succeed or yeah, excel or could to be that desire dominate or sure. It could just be coping. Like that's the, that's what you're used to. That's what you're comfortable with. And so you rely on that. Mm-hmm. Um, the same as maybe somebody might rely on video games. Yeah, a, but that a, coping a soothing that balm. coping mechanism really typically comes out of this uncontrolled desire, either a desire mm-hmm. sure. to be accepted that that's out of out <clears throat> of control because we all have desire to be accepted, but when it's out of balance. Absolutely. Right. So and some kind of desire that's out of balance for so accepted uh to um to achieve to mm-hmm. um provide for a family, whatever. Yep. And so that becomes the focus many times instead of this love of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So he breaks them up into quadrants here. The ones that he uses are prayer, rest, relationships, and work. Um, under prayer, for example, he has weekly Sabbath. Uh, his This would be like... Uh, saying the offices. He says daily offices, so this is like prayers, um, doing a day alone with God one to two times a month. So this is his prayer quadrant. Mm-hmm. Um, under rest, he has exercise five to six times per week, vacations, right. uh, spending time uh, limited on social media, limited speaking, etc. Go out, be out in nature. These are all things that he puts under rest. Right. And based off of that conversation, I I started thinking intentionally about how do Christy and I rest together, like as a family, right? You know, as a couple, what does rest? What kind of rest do we need? How often do we need it? Absolutely. And so, because oftentimes I get to to a weekend, it's a three day weekend, and and we don't our three day weekends are kind of a mess because you know. If Monday's off and and Saturday is off, then Sunday's sitting in the middle, and it's it's hard to take a Sunday off. It's a strange mm-hmm. sandwich, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, rest relationships is the third category, and then work is the last one. So, work is obviously anything to do with a job. Relationships is anything to do with his. Uh, for him, it's his wife, his family, friends, anything like that. Relationship category, spending time with people. So, what I did. Um, really rest is kind of in, in this rule of life example that he has rest is almost the delight things, mm-hmm. things that fill up your cup. Mm. Right. Um, in the sermon you talk about, Jen, you, you're talking about, um, you know, filling up, saying no to, to maybe some good stuff, but selecting the best stuff for your Sabbath and the best conversations with people, maybe, right. um, the things that bring you the most joy and delight. So that's kind of what's going on there. And so I started listing off, because I, I wasn't really, at this point when I was going through this, I think it was in January, um, I wasn't really doing anything that I delighted in. 
especially not consistently. Uh, it might be an impulse, like, uh, I was going to the movies. I would still go to the movies, but it wasn't, I didn't have any consistency to it. It was whenever I could fit it in. Mm-hmm. And so if I couldn't fit it in, then I wouldn't do it. In fact, to the point of, I didn't go to a single movie in December until Star Wars came out, which for me, um, like I, I won a week at least because I've got the membership. And so like I can go to three a week or whatever. There was movies out, but right. in from Thanksgiving to January 1st, I did not make time to go do this thing that I delighted in. And so it didn't happen. Right. And I was feeling pretty burnt by the end of December. So I start listing off all the things that I enjoy doing, whether that be shooting or going to the movies or cooking or um, practicing piano uh, and and playing music just for enjoyment's sake. So I started listing all of those. I listed off the things that I wanted to do as part of my prayer or connection with God, you know, specific connection with God time. Um, And I created lists of things that might fit into these categories. And then what I started doing is I started selecting essentially a draft pick from each of them. Mm. And I said, okay, this is the number one thing, like, under the prayer category, quote-unquote. All right, Sabbath is happening every week. Like, that's just the first pick that's going in. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to – and then I took an Excel calendar sheet, and I broke the items into colors – Mm-hmm. So that, like, oh yeah, no, it was it was you know dude, straight to Rob's heart right here. <laughs> um, You're speaking his language. So the you know a, prayer might have been blue. Oh yeah, it was in a spreadsheet and it was color coded and there was times on it and it was it was very oh, pretty. Man, just add some formulas and I'd be so happy. The the it was a template, so there were formulas. I have no idea how they worked, but there <laughs> were formulas involved. Um, so uh, yeah, so Friday night. Uh, and you saw this on the picture of the calendar. Um, this is just a reoccurring event. It's in there just to remind me so that I don't schedule anything over the top of it mm-hmm. um, by accident. Uh, Friday night at 8 to Saturday night at 8 is Sabbath. And so that got put into the rule of life calendar that I was making. Um, and then I picked, okay, piano. Uh, Pre-COVID, I was going to be practicing an hour of piano a day and an hour of guitar and so i started fitting these things in and then the the thing with work is okay so there are certain things that i have to get done during the week oh yeah like they just have to happen yeah. right rob Reality. is your boss agrees with that 100 percent. as my boss agrees with that <laughs> uh there are certain things that have to get done and there are certain things that should get done um but the the thing about doing this rule of life that I realized is if I schedule them out specifically and I make sure that I do allocate the proper amount of time to them and I'm almost ju- I'm really regimented about this happens now and nothing else no tyranny of the urgent urgent gets in the way right mm-hmm. this happens now unless the room is burning down around me but even then it's still fine we're fine I'm fine um and so by putting these kind of in their place and ranking them, then it, it became a, okay, well, this is important, but it's not more important than whatever this is. Mm-hmm. So this has to fit on the schedule. And I can fill up my week really, really full 
and be totally fine. Here's the this is the this is the part about this that I really loved. I can fill up that week chocked full. But as long as I'm keeping balance within those quadrants and it's not like work is taking over everything or relationships are taking over everything, if I keep the balance between those four, then I wasn't tired. Mm-hmm. Right. Even I, though I was doing probably more than I was beforehand. I'm convinced that we we try to rest when we're not supposed to rest. Sure. And we don't rest when we are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's because we're we're out of we're out of balance. Right. And that that totally that totally makes it much more exhausting. Yeah. In so many ways as we go about our week. Yeah. When our when our week dictates to us what's going to happen. Yep. And then we just get home and we just, you know, collapse onto the couch and and turn on the TV and 3 or 4 hours later it's just like okay, well, let's look, let's go to bed. You know, that is that is not a great existence. No. no it's 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 really not. I, the the analogy that pops to my brain here is when and we don't get it here at church because we're very small and the sound that we're running is not very complex. But a lot of times when you go to a church or a concert and it sounds like you hear you're you're not happy with the sound, uh, you'll get sound complaints from people like this is a classic trope of you know it's too loud, right? A lot of times in churches, it's not that it's too loud, decibel-wise. Might only be running at 88 decibels. Right. Really not that bad. Maybe even 85. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can do this down at low decimal ranges where it's like, your household talking is probably louder than this, depending on your household. But if I turn up certain frequencies, or the cymbals, or the mm-hmm. snare frequency is just too high compared to everything else, your brain is going to tell you it's too loud. Right. It's not too loud. It's out of balance. Right. It's not mixed properly. If I do too much of one thing in the week, I might my brain might be telling me I'm exhausted or my body might be telling me I'm exhausted. It's not because I'm too busy necessarily. It might just be that it's out of balance. Yeah. What's even interesting that he has, Peter Scazzaro has exercise under rest. But the reality is, if we exercise, yeah, if we exercise, we actually rest better. We sleep better. Mm -hmm. And so the things that help us to feel rested. Mm-hmm. When the week is done, has more yeah. to do with that balance than the amount of things that we actually we actually do. It's yeah. all about getting things back into rhythm. Yep. yep. Totes, which might take some drastic actions. Mm-hmm. Because if we've if I've been functioning for a long time doing, yes, I can do that. Yes, I can do that. Yes, I can do that. Yes, I can do that within work. The minute I stop saying yes and I start saying no. That might create some tension within my relationships with people. Jen, you had some thoughts on that, right? Yeah. Well, and I was thinking about Rob's question earlier 
about what's what did you ask? One thing that you had to give up that was difficult? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. What was the thing that you thought, man, how do I deal with that? Yeah. So when I started looking through and processing how Sabbath was going to work in my life with with work, with being a mom, with all these, with doing multiple ministries, I realized the best day for me to Sabbath would be on Friday. And... That way the girls would be at school and I wasn't having to drive them around or, you know, take care of all the different tasks that that would include, like making them food. (laughs) Um, But I had a meeting that was on Friday, every Friday, and it had been on every Friday for the last couple of years. And so it meant having to have a conversation with the leader of that and saying, hey, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I want to do. Is there another time we can do this meeting? And uh, <laughs> he was like, are you really going to Sabbath? Are you really going to use your time like that? And I was like, well, that's the plan. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Ministry leader. <laughs> Sabbath police. <laughs> um, and so <laughs> it, like, it was already hard enough realizing that I was not going to meet their expectations like because I was asking for us to move the meeting. And uh, so that was really hard. And we didn't end up moving the meeting, but I ended up no longer doing that ministry. So that kind of removed the meeting for me. So, but it was one of those things where it's like, oh my gosh, I'm not meeting somebody's expectation and I'm upsetting them. And I like, it was this inner turmoil of, am mm-hmm. I, is this really what I should be doing? And it goes right. back to that. Is right. this the best? Yes. Yeah. And it was like, yes, it is like, so for a long time, because the meeting wasn't able to be moved, I just started my Sabbath right after that. And so it was only four hours of Sabbath between when the girls, when that meeting got over and when the girls got out of school, but it was like, okay, if that's all I can get right now, it's at least a start. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think Sabbath and community, obviously when we're, if if we were Jewish community, we we're all Sabbathing at the exact same time, mm-hmm. that would be less complicated, but I feel like it, it becomes, uh, it brings unique challenges when you Sabbath on Friday, I Sabbath on Saturday, uh, and uh, some folks from my care group, they Sabbath on, on Sunday. And so we, that creates uh, just some unique challenges. Sometimes we'll have to have a conversation and say, I'm sorry, but this is this is getting in the way of my Sabbath and I'm not going to be able to engage in that. And um, and so sometimes that's, that's a requirement. There's other times where uh, you've talked about your your girls and they're not ready for the whole Sabbath conversation, mm-hmm. but what you've instituted for your Saturday morning is a form of Sabbath. And so you're introducing them to this concept without even calling it that right. you guys call it slow start Saturday, mm-hmm. which is fantastic because it, it helps me a practical need that they have. Right. Even if they're not ready for the full conversation of, and this is why we're doing this. Right. Uh, for me, I'm trying to find ways to make Sabbath more meaningful for Christy. Christy and I 
are just maybe in different places when it comes to Sabbath. And so I'm trying to figure out, okay, so so how do I make this a blessing for Christy? How do I make this a blessing for for Jacob? How do I make this a blessing for the rest of my kids? And as I engage with them, so I'm, I, I think in terms of, there's a gal that I know uh, that we both study the Hebrew language uh, through the Holy Language Institute, and we both volunteer for that organization, and she wanted to have a kosher kitchen, mm-hmm. but her husband isn't practicing eating kosher. And so she's had to wrestle with, well, how do I do this well? How do I, how do I not make this awkward for my husband? Uh, and you know, even the simple thing of he showed up one day with a pizza and he wasn't sure which fridge to put it in because it had, had meat and cheese on it, <laughs> and <laughs> that would be in two separate, you know, two separate mm-hmm. uh, refrigerators within a culture. Cult- Solution: Eat the entire thing right then. Oh man, yeah, yes. problem solved. <laughs> you know, and I'm he ready just, for lunch. He, so let's he do just this. stuffed it into. He was like, I don't know how. I don't know if he flipped a coin or or what he did, but just went with it. Mm-hmm. But, Which came first, the dairy or the meat? <laughs> the chicken or the egg? So the cow or the milk? So mm. my, you know, my friend was like, you know what? That wasn't why I was doing this. It wasn't to. I'm not doing this to make this awkward. I'm. I'm doing this experience, my God, in 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 a unique way, and and so so she, so she was wrestling through that, and and I think that's just you know those are the two kinds of conversations we're gonna have to have. One that says, "Hey, I'm sorry, but that doesn't work for me mm-hmm. on Sabbath," uh, and then the other is to go, "Hey, how how would this work for you?" Right. What would, yeah. would what would make this meaningful for you? And even though that could be different than, you know, so what I find restful or what I find delightful is not always the same as what my wife finds restful or delightful. So we're, we're looking for things that uh, we commonly find delightful to mm. fill our, our Sabbath with. And, sure. and that's that's me different than if it was just me as an mm-hmm. individual. So in, in a community that, that takes on some different forms, and you got to just kind of play with it, I think. Yeah. I've been messing with the balance of things and messing with how do, how do we fit this in, how do we not fit this in, et cetera. Those are good conversations. Here's a, here's a question for you that uh, popped into my brain. Maybe, the, maybe a guiding principle to use when deciding how to, how to wrestle with this tension of, okay, it's it's my Sabbath, but this person's asking me to do this, or I've been invited to be a part of this, or what, whatever the case may be. Um, maybe a, a guiding question to fall back on would be: Is which which if 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 I get presented with a, an uh, an option to do something, if I do it, is that going to bring this person closer to God, and vice versa? If I don't do it, is it going to take them? Is it going to push them away from God? Hmm. Um, and I, there's probably a neutral one, like might or might not. 
it isn't going to push them away, but it isn't going to bring them closer. Right. And I think that on Sabbath, I would probably say that that's probably okay to say no to some things, even if saying yes might draw them closer. But because it's Sabbath, I'm going to say like ah, I'm going to pass on that opportunity. Right. Um, however, I would say if it's going to push somebody away from God, that feels like that feels like that doesn't belong on Sabbath. Yeah, yeah, Jesus asked, "Is it is it permissible to to give life or or take it away?" Yeah, and if in our Sabbath practice we're somehow taking away from someone's life, mm-hmm. we're we're detracting from life for them, or or this becomes the like like for Sabbath to become the the bit the the piece that we argue about within family, like that's that's not the goal, right? Yeah. So there, there's that side of the conversation. The other side of the conversation is, this is my conviction, and this is who I am. And and I think of the Chariot, Chariots of Fire movie, oh. know, The Runner. Hmm. You know, and, and it was his conviction, I don't run on Saturday. Or for him, it was Sunday. I don't mm-hmm. run on Sunday. And so he didn't run that race, and he was the presumed gold medal, right. you know, winner for that event. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that had an impact on his nation and on, on his team, and and it was uncomfortable. But in that case, he was living according to his convictions, and, and he wasn't a jerk about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we can live according to our convictions and, and be God-honoring and life-giving to the people around us as, as possible. Takes practice, maybe. Absolutely. I know questions that I tend to ask uh, when I'm trying to filter whether something should be in Sabbath is, is it restful and is it worshipful? Mm. So, like, helping people move. Like, that could be restful because I get to be with people that I love. And it could be worshipful. I don't know what that word was. That was a great word. (laughs) 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 That is now in the compendium. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because, again, like, it's serving them, it's loving them, Mm. and that is a form of worship. So, um, but then again, it could be, oh, no, it's not restful this time to help somebody move. And so, like, you can kind of balance and gauge Sure. And take it one at a time, I guess. Cool. Well, this has been a delightful series full of things to contemplate over. But uh, we're all very tired and hungry. Mm-hmm. So now it is time to rest and stop. Oh. <laughs> I worked all four of them in. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, hopefully you join us again next week. We'll be talking about our brand new series, My Part, God's Part, Their Part, uh, which we will be digging into that for a while. So Absolutely. Talking about discipleship. We'll see you this Sunday digging into that. But uh, go and have a restful rest of your week. (laughs) Shabbat shalom. You've been listening to Footnotes, 
on the Mission Ridge podcast. For more information about Mission Ridge, please visit our website at missionridge.church. Thanks for tuning in. We hope the rest of your week is straight up hashtag blessed and that you'll join us again next week for more footnotes.